Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, May 16th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, a little something we like to call Cancer in the Klieg Lights. Joining us tonight, Rob Rufus. He's a young adult survivor of germ cell cancer, and he's the singer-songwriter of the Blacklist Royals. You'll see them this summer on the Vans Warped Tour. And we have Namrata Singh. Gujral, I love that name, Gujral. I'm pretty sure I have that right. We'll talk to her soon. She's the writer and director of One a Minute Documentary on Cancer and Breast Cancer. And in our Survivor Spotlight, Volari, or Volare, our young adult survivor of breast cancer. Volari is a singer-songwriter, and we're thrilled to have her with us tonight as well. All righty, folks. As a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Online at supercancer.com, we help young adults fight cancer every single day and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. Not okay, Matthew. Not okay. So hello, friends, and welcome to yet another fun and exciting romp to the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure, and survivorship is all that matters. It's all that matters, Matthew. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast from the chemo deck, our fabulous studio. We are live in downtown Manhattan. All right, and the Stupid Cancer Show, as always, is a live, interactive chat feed during each broadcast. We invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, ask questions of our guests, and I'd like to welcome to the studio tonight our... Our frequenters, our frequenters, production assistants, broadcast people, the lovely Amanda Freeman and James Manning. Good evening, ladies Hello, and gentlemen. Matt. Welcome to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, Amanda, Amanda is back to being a frequenter. Yes, we our, want you here. I, I'm so much happier when Amanda's here. Our original broadcast. I mean, I like you too, assistant. James, but she looks better in a dress. I don't know. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen James in a dress yet. Nor, nor do you want to. No. <laughs> oh, that gets one of these. You know. Oh, boy. He said, nor do we want to. 
Do you notice the phrasing of that leaves in the possibility <laughs> that he will show up in a dress? There is not a possibility. I love that. There I is love no that. possibility. No possibility. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Mm. You mean you're not going to come to the gala in a ball gown? I, I mean that, yes. Yes. The Ungala, which is June 9th. June 9th. And uh, com. Listed in the Daily News. Yes, that was nice, wasn't it? Very nice. I was very impressed. Yeah. Somebody so, cares about us. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we like to get uh, some good press, get everybody to come out and come, and it'll be uh, a great time. I hope you'll be there this come year. Come out and come. You had I an, think oh, that's... You had an issue Well, you come year. out and come. I have, I've always got issues. <laughs> you had a specific issue. So though, many yeah. issues. It was the dog. Where wasn't where it? where do I begin? <laughs> the dog, right? It was the dog. The dog. Um, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to. I having will be you. there. More than just the first five minutes. More than okay. just a little setup time. I mean, I I really appreciate that you you showed up just to show up and give me a hug and wish me good luck. And I brought and some. I got some hooked up with some raffle prizes yes, too. We got to get some more raffle prizes yeah. this year. Good stuff. Okay. Well, I have a. Um, Something very important, probably the most important news of the entire weekend. <gasps> There's nothing more important than this news right now. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> I know what this is. Lisa, I can't believe you did this. God bless you this day. You gave me the it's Lisa Bernhardt's 30th birthday again. <laughs> I love this. This is how much I care. I love this. This is how oh, much I care. I'm going to start crying. Why? That's amazing. I love that. Thank you, Matthew. This is on The Simpsons. With Michael Jackson. With Michael Jackson. Yes. The late Michael Jackson. The late Michael yes. Jackson. You better than your heart desires. And you first kiss from a boy. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I know. There were plenty of those. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday, Lisa Oh, thank Bernhard. you so much. Oh, that's... That made my day. You don't look my a day week. over 107. <laughs> <laughs> Oy, I feel it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm jealous. That was How great. come my name's not Lisa? Find me a song that starts with Amanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a song named Amanda? This got to be an Amanda song. I don't know an Amanda song. There's there's a Mandy song. Right. I think oh, Mandy. Um, okay. An Amanda song. But you don't like to be called Mandy. So we can't go the Barry Manilow route with you. No, nor would I ever play Barry Manilow on the show. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. You like Neil Diamond, but not Barry Manilow? He's not a fan of <laughs> I like Neil Diamond more than Barry Manilow. I can listen to Barry Manilow. All right, I love Barry Manilow. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not going to be playing on the show. Let me I queue up over Barry Manilow. Manilow. Wait, All right, where's my was... weekend in New England tribute? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the big news, obviously, of the weekend. This made all the buzz on Facebook. People are going apeshit about it. There was a young adult breast cancer survivor in North Carolina who our chapter has apparently gotten in touch with. Oh, she wow. She divorced with a daughter. Mm-hmm. And the courts apparently have awarded custody to the husband because she has stage 4 metastatic breast cancer, but she's not end of life. She's not dying. She's living with this disease like so many hundreds of thousands of women do every year. Right. But... Everyone's up in arms because how dare she take this this daughter away from this mother? And I guess evidently there's now uh, petitions that are online. All you sorts go, of crazy All petitions. sorts of crazy stuff because moms are PO'd. Many yes. of them are. And I guess her, hu- her husband, obviously they're split and he lives in Chicago. Right. And he's been, from what I've been reading, making her life 
the living hell. More hell than it than yeah, it has been living true. with stage four breast cancer. But uh, to your point, Matthew, she is she is capable of caring for the children physically, and uh, bad precedent. Wow, bad, very bad. Really this bad. This is precedent. really cancer discrimination. Totally cancer discrimination. They are. She is hedging this court decision on her health or the stigma of her health, and not the reality of what all the doctors are saying that she is perfectly fit to be a mother to this young daughter. I mean, I wonder, did they have her? Doctors come. F- I mean, I would imagine. I would imagine her doctors court, yes. came forward. I can only and... imagine. Anyway, well, we're up in arms about it. Yeah. What is her name? Someone in the her chat room. Melinda is... in the chat room. Shout out to her name in the chat room so we can. Uh, I'll actually. I'll find it for you right here too. All right. It is um, Elena Giordano. Elena. A L A I N A Giordano G I O R D A N O. Elena Giordano. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, Google that name. She's all over the web. We need people to sign this petition. Not that it might matter. Of course, the courts already made a decision. I hope they're appealing it. But this really got my goat. This really bothered me. She's in uh, Durham County in, down in North Carolina. Yeah, we've had our Raleigh Durham chapter. People get in touch with her. She knows we exist. We, I think we, they, we sent her some wristbands. But, you know, this pales in comparison to what her real needs are, which is she needs to sign with her daughter. She actually has, for folks who want to check it out, she has her own blog that's called Beauty in Truth dash Elena. And again, that's a l a i n a dot blogspot dot com. Beauty and Truth dash Elena dot blogspot dot com, uh, which I'm sure you can find if you just Google uh, Google the story. But that's the um, and she's you know right here. I'm looking at the uh, first page of her blog. Say no to cancer discrimination. So uh, she's got a lot of folks rallying behind her, which is which is a good thing. Very nice. So another thing I wanted to bring up in the news. Uh, May 11th was the 30th anniversary of the death of Bob Marley, who, at 36, was, was a, a young, young adult. adult. Cancer survivor. Cancer survivor, but that then not a survivor, um, unfortunately, when he died. I always had heard that he died of a brain tumor, but as I researched this, he actually was originally diagnosed with something called, and I'm going to totally botch this pronunciation, acral letigenous melanoma, basically a melanoma that forms, tends to form on the palms, soles, under the nails. Nice. You found a little Marley, huh? Good old YouTube. Nice. It has 21 million listens on YouTube. Bob Marley. Come on. Yeah. Amazing. Wait, how many years ago? 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Can you believe that? May 11th, he was 36 years old. So I guess it wasn't actually, as I was saying, I always thought he died of a brain tumor. He did have a brain tumor, but it spread from this type of melanoma that starts on the palms of your hands, soles, under your nails, um, and other, I don't know where exactly he first got it. But I don't think he had traditional treatment being a Rastafarian. I think he kind of lived with it and then towards the end tried to do the healthy diet route and things like that that were in keeping with his Rastafarian right. beliefs and it did eventually spread to his brain among almost all other organs of his body but anyway 36 years old a young adult yeah uh, died of cancer 30 years ago May 11th that's amazing and uh, lives on in his music as we play it that tonight that is true that is true yeah. well in truth I guess I have an obligation to go to this track now um <laughs> Little Barry, uh, not Barry White. Lola. 
I said I wouldn't play Barry Manilow on the show, and I'm playing Barry Manilow on the show. We're doomed. You no, know, you know what, Matthew? Lisa is singing. We're Matthew doing. is in a great mood tonight. I am in a good mood today. This is. This I'm is, accomplished. I feel like I got a lot of stuff done. I shouldn't be 37 and pulling all-nighters, and my wife is in the shower and hates me for doing it. But you know, it's really. Uh, anyway. At the cover. Apparently, our chat room is getting attacked by the. You gotta cut it off, Pat. You gotta cut. All right. Do we have a, spammers again? Yeah, we have spammers we always in the have chat room. Spammers. Yeah. yeah. We're that popular. It's pretty. It's pretty terrible. Anyway, yeah. I will spend the rest of the evening ignoring what I'm supposed to do and kicking these spammers out of the chat room. Anyway. No, don't give them that power over I you. No, I know. It's you have to pay news. attention to it's the show. Anyway. Well, we should uh, get to our first guest, shouldn't we? Volare. All right. I'm going to That's queue up. That's all you, Matthew. Um, I'll just play this one. It's a good one. It's a good old standby. Good old standby. All right. Where is she? She is over here. Right? Is that her? Yes. Okay. The world of Olari's music is a world full of hope, light, and darkness. It examines the hope, despair, countless other feelings that struggle throughout as a part of the human condition. Her debut album, Out of Shadows, not only earned a five-star review from musicreviews.com, but was also named their pick of the week in December of 2010. Valari muses about her creation. You might compare it to a sculpture of delicate flowers made of the barbed wire. Whoa. Most of the songs delve into the darker side of human psyche, but as in a... I can't pronounce this word. It looks like a chupacabra. There is always light again. Please welcome to the show, Valare. Hello. Hi, Valare. You have to tell me what this word is. Next time I'll ask you before we're on the air. It's it's like chiaroscuro. It's not... Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. Yeah, painting time. I'm Jewish. I don't know these words. I thought <laughs> this is, I commented uh, to uh, Valari via email how wonderfully highbrow. Uh, are we pronouncing your name correctly? No, it's actually Valari. Valari. It is Valari. All right. Lisa was having much more fun saying Volare. Oh. <laughs> yeah, most people pronounce it that way for some okay. reason. Okay, Valari. No, I was yeah. very impressed by the Kiro Skuro that was in your bio and. Uh, I thought Matthew was going to take it out because he th- thought it was too highbrow for the show, but instead he just decided to botch, gonna, ben, botch its pronunciation. I was going to say <laughs> I was wondering who was going to have to pronounce it on in, on the air. What, so what is Charoscuro? Someone educate me. I want um, to learn. Let, well, well, our guest will, our guest can start in. All right. It's a painting term. Um, it has to do with the play of of uh, light and shadow in, yeah, so you're in the artist. painting. Okay, I can appreciate Did that. Did you learn that in art history, Matthew? Um, I used um, finger paint <laughs> yeah. in art history. <laughs> well through college. So, Matthew? Yes. The spammers will be gone. I know. I'm spending time actively booting these people from the chat room. It's really bad. Well, Valerie, you and I are going to chat. No, okay. this is, um, and Matthew is paying attention. He he actually is. So, um, first of all, tell us about, we were talking about this before the show, you uh, found us, is that right? How do we all come together? Yes. Yeah. Um, I I found you guys, and um, oh, it was because you had a presence at a uh, social media uh, networking event that um, a friend of mine had gone to, and they told me about you, and so I looked you up and um, saw that you had some uh, musician spotlights, and I was like, uh, that. That that should be me. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. Yeah, here I am. 
So tell us about, uh, first of all, tell us about your um, your music. Um, what, about, what would you like to know about my music? So you write music, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I'm pretty uh, new to writing music. Um, I'm not, um, like I didn't come from a musical family and I... I um, didn't study music. I have a day job which is completely and utterly different from music. Which is what? Um, I'm in the biotechnology field. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's smart. <laughs> yeah, so it's completely different. Um, but at, at, um, when I moved to San Francisco, um, there, were, there came a point when I was like, you know, I've always wanted to release an album and... I just have to do it. I have to learn how to play an instrument. I have to learn how to write songs, and then I have to write the songs and, um, yeah, put an album together and and record it. Well, you're very astute that you knew in order to play music that you knew that you would have to write music, play an instrument, and then record (laughs) it. (laughs) You're very, very astute. (laughs) Um, But let's back up. What is the timing of all of this with your breast cancer? Um, You were diagnosed when with breast cancer? I was diagnosed in 2009, which was the year that I had decided that, uh, well, at the beginning of 2009, I had decided that 2009 was going to be my year, and this was the year where I was going to record my album and, um, you know, play tons and tons of shows in support of it and break out and become, you know, like this huge name and and all that kind of stuff, and then I got my cancer diagnosis. I was going to say, and then to quote a a famous show of another uh, survivor, God said, ha. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, wait, what's your yeah. face from Saturday, from Saturday Night, Night Live. Live? Julia Sweeney. Julia Sweeney, right. that's right, yes. And God said, ha. ha. So, uh, you, the, the 2009 was going to be the year, and you were how old in 2009? Um, 35. 35. So, this was going to be the year that you were finally going, you're working in the biotech field, you were going to do your music. So, how did you detect the breast cancer? What was your diagnosis and your and your treatment and your road after that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if we back up a little, in 2007 I found a, um, a lump and um, I was petrified at that time that I had um, breast cancer. Um, but going to um, to a surgeon and having it out and biopsied and all that kind of stuff, it turned out just to be um, a fibroadenoma, which is, um, you know, non-cancerous and relatively common, I think. Right in women, um, young women with dense, um, dense breasts. Dense, yeah. Uh, breasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2009, when I found um, another one, I thought that it was going to be just another fibroadenoma, and so did the surgeon. Um, but we figured, oh well, you know, might as well get it out anyway. And um, the worst awakening that I've ever had in my life was when um, I came out of the surgery and you know opened my eyes, and she said. I'm sorry, but it looks like cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, uh, um, were you alone? Do you do you have family around? You sound like you have am I either an Australian or New Zealand accent? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Australian. Australian. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, is that what you're you're born and raised? I mean, do you have family here? Mm-hmm. No, I don't have family here. I was born and raised in Australia. So they're um, all back there. Yeah, well, my sister's in the UK and my parents are in Australia. Okay. Scattered around. Um, so tell us about yeah. this song. Tell us about this song we're going to play. Um, uh, the song is called Blackbird Fly, and it is um, 
it's a, it, it sort of uh, reflects um, being told that you can't achieve certain things or that you um, you know certain things are a wrong direction for you, but um, taking them and saying, well, I don't care, I'm going to go ahead anyway, and sort of persevering in the face of um, doubt or um, you know obstacles, which um, I did in. Um, because I, I continued to make the album in 2009, despite going you did. through. That's fantastic. So you made. So we're going to hear this song, and you actually went through treatment. Just quickly before we play it, your treatment consisted of of what exactly? Of um, adriamycin and cytoxin um, dose dense. Um, so that's like um, once every two weeks. Right. Uh, for uh, for four weeks, I think it was, um, and then uh, 12 weeks of taxol. And yeah. I didn't believe at the um, – I, I was told at the beginning that I wasn't going to need radiation, but I ended up um, having um, radiation for – oh, I forget how many, but what, whatever the maximum number is that they did, usually give. Did you have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy? I had a double mastectomy. Double mastectomy, okay. Wow, okay. With, yeah. with, with, uh, with or without reconstruction? With reconstruction, with. yeah. Um, and had an infection, and so you know have had multiple surgeries, and so that, the whole thing took a really long time. All that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, well, so and I did egg going, harvesting too. And egg harvesting. Wow. Well, somebody actually talked to you about egg harvesting, that's so important. that's a great thing. At least there's some good here. Yeah. Besides yeah. you being alive, of course, but I mean, like, <laughs> it sends a signal that uh, there is hope. So, yeah. so, so you were going through all of this. So you had the double mastectomy, and 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 you still were able to record that same year, two thousand nine. Yes. Yeah. Um, I sort of did the um, the recording and the mixing and the mastering and everything around um, my treatments. And the craziest thing that I did was when I was going through the um, uh, egg harvesting. I had my um, eggs harvested one day, so they put you under. You know, I was completely under the anesthetic. Right. Got picked up. Um, because you're not allowed to drive after that, got dropped off at the studio and then um, lay on the couch in the studio while we, um, the engineer and I mixed um, some songs. Holy cow. <laughs> that's that's yeah. ambition. <laughs> well, or crazy. I, I, <laughs> that's, you know. Yeah. But, um, uh, well, I was, I was good for you. At... We want to hear more about your story, but we, let's, we should go ahead and play, uh, okay. yeah. play your song. Blackbird. Blackbird Pie? Pie. What's it called? Blackbird fly. fly. I'm kidding. Fly.
We don't really have a live crowd here that's a track, but if we did, they would be making that noise. So you must have been singing your entire life, is that right? Um, yeah. I mean, singing um, is definitely a passion of mine, and I've been doing it for um, forever. Um, but I wasn't able to play any instrument until I um, decided to, I don't know, like seven years ago, to start learning. Oh, yeah, just decided to play an instrument, and you're playing an and, instrument. Um, and, and, yeah, so that I could write. Well, that's all. Like, so you didn't have any musical training at all, or you you had some, and then you, you wanted to play an instrument. I I had some as a child, um, but um, was encouraged fairly early to um, to um, not take the road of being an artist because it's so um, so difficult to be successful, and um, so I went into you know something. Uh, substantial like uh, biotech um, yeah. and uh, at one at, uh, you know at some point decided you know this boat's going the wrong way and um, I have to do what you know what I, I really feel and um, I feel that even more now having being diagnosed of course well that's incredibly impressive as, as someone who started playing when I was 11 to hear somebody getting started you know not really midlife but you know sort of like Later on than you would normally get started. That's yeah. incredibly impressive. Plus the fact that Thank she's you. laying down on the couch in the recording studio, having had her eggs harvested in the <laughs> middle of this. And it's a damn good song. You're actually talented. That's yeah. really impressive. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So where does it, where <laughs> actually does it, talented. <laughs> actually talented. Where does the music go from here then? How can folks um, see you? I know you've gotten some accolades here uh, on music reviews, but what's uh, what's coming up for you with the music? Um, I would. I have a, a band now. Um, at the time of the recording, I um, just hired a bunch of session musicians um, to do it. But I have a three-piece, um, well, that's three-piece including me, and um, you can follow us um, on facebook.com slash Valerie Music. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Valerie Music. Um, and the my uh, website is valeriemusic.com. All right. Wow. Good yeah. stuff. Well, we unfortunately ran out of time, but I'm really thrilled that you chased us down. I'm really glad you got us. I just want to wrap up with one more quick question with her. No, we're go. never, ever. So just in terms of your health, everything good, yeah. everything okay? Are you back on track, and where does that all stand? Um, I finished treatment in October, mid-October of last year, so um, I'm still kind of trying to get 
back to some sort of semblance of normal. In fact, today right. is my first day um, back at work full time. Wow, today? Um, today. Yeah, today. That's today. a big deal. Yeah. In and of itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was pretty nervous about it. Um, uh, but I've decided that this year is the year that I'm going to reclaim my life and, uh, you know, start doing the things that I wanted to do in 2009, like play a bunch of shows and, you know, eventually go on tour and um, build up a fan base and, and stuff like that. Again, you know, overwhelmingly inspiring. The Volary yeah, Re- Reclaiming Her Life Tour. It's just unfortunate mm-hmm. the world will end in a year and a half, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Good luck to you. Thanks, Stay Valerie. in touch. Thank you. Great music. Okay. All right. All right. Thank Volary, you. not Volari. Yes. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's just get to the news real quick here. Hello. I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. All righty, during this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announce to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. And they'll all ju- they're all just for young adults with cancer, and they're all free. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking trips, mountain climbing, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar curls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, please email info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com. All right, folks, head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out. Matthew, some events for us? Yes, we have the Stupid Cancer Boot Camp in Chicago on June 23rd, and there's a Stupid Cancer Boot Camp in Buffalo this Saturday, uh, the 21st. I will be there to keynote. On uh, June 9th here in New York, we are having the 5th Annual Stupid Cancer Ungala, our annual club night fundraiser, uh, stupidcancerungala.com. The New York City chapter is having its first karaoke night, Stupid Cancer Karaoke, on May 26th. Uh, Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in San Diego, May 26th. And the Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in uh, Raleigh-Durham on Tuesday, May 10th. Amanda's going to help us out here with the, mo- with the news. Take it away, Amanda. All right, the 2011 OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults may have just ended, but we're already gearing up for OMG 2012 in Vegas. If you'd like to help contribute to the planning, email info at stupidcancer.com and visit omg2012.org. All right, the Stupid Cancer Forums have more than 600 members chatting in discussion groups for patients, survivors, caregivers, even young adults whose older parents or younger children are sick. Plus, a forum for boomer parents whose young children are sick. Visit stupidcancerforums.com and sign up with one click through Facebook. That's all it takes. Amanda. Want to help but don't know how? Join the Stupid Cancer Street Team. It's free. It's easy. Win great prizes. Build our grassroots efforts and meet thousands of authentic fans from around the globe. Sign up today at stupidcancerarmy.com. Okay, every Tuesday our partners at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society present YA Connect a free interactive webcast supporting young adults affected by all cancers. Check it out, lls.org slash yaconnect. All right, I2Y is pleased to partner with Cancer and Careers on the first ever national conference on work and cancer. This Friday, or not this Friday, Friday, June 17, 2011 in New York City. Topics uh, will include job search, legal issues, health insurance, 
working during treatment, and more. Visit cancerandcareers.org slash conference. And as always, be sure to register yourself with Immerman Angels, our partner in one-on-one peer matching at immermanangels.org. Check out the calendar for First Descent, the premier young adult outdoor adventure organization. Visit firstdescent.com. And that, my friends, is your Your Stupid stupid Cancer cancer News. I think it's time for our next guest. I quite agree with you, Matthew. You would agree with me? I do. You should say that in like a fake Australian accent. You know, we just had Valerie here. You'd think I could conjure it up, and I've actually been to Australia. That's not a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. No, that's, it's, that's, that's um, not a knife. No? Not he good? just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what Vegemite is. It's like this pasty, leafy Nasty. dirt spread. <laughs> <laughs> Made it of like worm it's parts. Dirt, dirt spread. <laughs> it's dirt spread. <laughs> it's peat. It's really what it's peat right. moss peat in moss. a jar. Right. In a jar, exactly. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? All right. Oh. We have a really cool and hip guy right on right now and we're p- playing the cheesiest of our eighties music. Yes. Uh, it, it has to be this way. It, it has to be this way for Rob Rufus. I'm sorry, Rob. Leave I, it to <laughs> All right. This he's a great one here, Rob. We're very excited to have Rob Rufus, who tells us he had germ cell cancer, which is pretty rare and basically it's kinda like testicular cancer that forms in different parts of your body. That's his description and we'll let him tell you more. Like he had a tumor, for instance, a germ cell tumor in his chest. The cancer resulted in him having chemo and radiation for years, as well as surgery to remove the tumor, where they ended up removing part of his uh, right lung. Uh, Actually, more than part of it, I believe. Now he stays pretty active in the cancer community, uh, working both locally at the Vanderbilt Cancer Center, as well as nationally, doing fundraisers with his band, the Blacklist Royals. Now, just to tell you quickly about the Blacklist Royals, folks, their latest album, Semper Liberi, has been met with acclaim from critics and fans alike, and uh, they're working hard. They're out there. Their songs have been featured on shows like The Sons of Anarchy and MTV's The Dudesons. They just wrapped up a successful European tour, and this summer, kids, look for them on the Vans Warp Tour. They'll be there. They're very happening, and Rob is very cool, and uh, we're thrilled to have him on the show with us tonight. Please welcome from the Blacklist Royals, Rob Rufus. Roberto. Hey, can you hear me? We can hear we you can just fine, my you. friend. How are you, Rob? Cool. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with my mom, actually. I'm on speakerphone. Hi, Mom. <laughs> hey, Mom. <laughs> I, mom I thought I would let her get some uh, interview time, too, just for fun. We like moms. <laughs> now, but, many, uh, yeah. many people don't know this, but Rob and I have a sordid history. Uh, <laughs> we, we first made out in Nashville. I mean, I mean, met each other in Nashville uh, two years ago, I believe. We have a wonderful yeah. chapter down there, a young woman named Kimberly Novasil, who runs a group called Giving Back is the New Black. They host an annual fashion fundraiser for us every year. And uh, Rob and his band, they've been playing and cranking out the awesome at that event every year. Yeah. And I was blown away that you were the survivor. Yeah, she's awesome. And I I actually got suckered into modeling at that the first year. Yes, you did. (laughs) I got involved. (laughs) But it's a really cool, like, fundraiser. And uh, she really gets the word out to a lot of people down there. It's pretty awesome. And, And may I say, Rob, you look great in heels. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> That's the theme of the night. Boys in dresses and heels. Very let's, nice. Let's jump right into I, the I just ended up having to get drunk and uh, <laughs> and uh, trying to fall off stage. Yeah, to wash the shame away. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
let's get to it because you got a heck of a story to tell us, too, an amazing survivorship story, Rob. Uh, so tell us about when you were first diagnosed. Um, I was first diagnosed when I was 17, and uh, I uh, just was having a lot of, like, breathing problems and other uh, medical problems, and they didn't really know what was going on with me. Um, and they they ended up thinking I have, had pneumonia and did a uh, chest X-ray and found a large tumor in my chest. And since then, I just uh, spent the next few years in the Columbus Children's Hospital getting chemotherapy and radiation. And I uh, and they did a surgery to try to remove the tumor and ended up having to remove my right lung as well. And your and entire right lung. Yeah, and just kind of rearrange, like, everything else in my chest. So uh, 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 the recuperation from that was was honestly harder than the than going through all the chemo and radiation, but doing it all at the same time was, was a drag for sure, you know. So that tumor was a – they told you that that tumor then was a germ cell tumor, the one that was in your, your lung? Yeah, um, okay, and tell folks again exactly what that means, a germ cell tumor. It's or when a testicle grows in your lung. What is it? Yeah, what, what does that mean, Mom? I don't really know, honestly. Is she it, was she was there dealing with uh, with all the medical stuff, um, so she she actually knows a lot more of the details think, than me, as you guys I know. I think it may be, and maybe Mom can correct me or Matthew if you know. I think what what I've read, I, mean, I know we've had we've had other. We have to go back, and we've had other uh, germ cell uh, patients on the show before. But I think that the cell actually originates in the gonads, and it's so that's why kind of in that area when you mentioned testicular cancer, that can then migrate to other parts of the body. I believe that's right. Matthew or Mom, want to give a yay or nay to that? No, I agree. that That's exactly true. Um, and uh, you know who else had a germ cell tumor? Um, I do. And I it's think J- Jason Malott and Aaron Spicer. Aaron Spicer. Aaron Spicer had a non-godinal germ cell tumor. I don't know what godinal means, but that's in his bio. Like well, non, not from his gonads. Non-gonadal. Yeah. Right. You're right. You know what? Yes. You're smart tonight. <laughs> you yeah. know, like crazy words like chalupa. <laughs> Mark it on the calendar. <laughs> yes. He's on the ball. <laughs> I think Paul's hey, chiming is- in. Yeah, 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 this is Rob's mom, and and, and all that uh, is true. I mean, uh, uh, testicular cancer is a germ cell cancer, but... Um, there may be germ cell uh, germ cells that in in vitro are right. left in the in the chest of a of a male embryo or a male um, a baby, for lack of a better word, that um, later in life uh, grow into uh, cancerous cells. So. Right. Uh, so you're you're both correct. I mean, it, uh, germ cell cancer is testicular cancer or or ovarian cancer. Right. But uh, in vitro, if some of those cells are left behind, and they they all start in the chest, then they may uh, metastasize into something else. Then there's no reason for it to do that, right? There's, it's just random. There's there's, there's no study yeah. on environmental factors or. If you play I the mean, wrong the even game more random thing about it was that I have a twin brother, and he is completely fine, you know. So it's it's really kind of interesting that way. So yeah, I mean it's uh, I I mean I don't know obviously, but it, it's a pretty random like rare, rare type of type of cancer to have, and 
and they caught it pretty late too because at, at the time uh, my doctor was actually on sabbatical so every time I would go to the doctor I would see a different doctor you know and they would just that's fun they would just kind of write it off since I was so young they would kind of write my symptoms off and nobody had any like forethought to think it could be something serious like that wow that must have been uh, incredibly frustrating for you what about uh so the rem- the removal of a of a lung for somebody who's a singer so how does that work well, I'm actually I actually sing backup, but I play drums, so it's kind of even worse. Like I was gonna say, what a phys- the most physical <laughs> instrument there is. Yeah, and and they also had to kind of a uh, uh, remove part of my diaphragm, which is like what you sing out of. So luckily, you don't I don't. Need that anyway, I like a lead singer. So That's my sigil. That's good, but it, it it is tough. I've kind of I've really had to like uh, just kind of condition myself to be able to to play drums and not. It not to be like a huge issue, but but for other, I mean, for other physical activities, it, it really can be tough. You know what I mean? Like I can, I have more trouble walking up two flights of stairs than playing playing drums. You do. And yeah, yeah and the band kind of. I mean, my my twin brothers are our lead singer and guitar player, so we kind of adjust our set to have you know, breaks if we need to, if it's just like wearing on me too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So how do you... But it is kind of tough, especially right right when it happened, you know. Like, we were already playing in a band together, and it was really hard for me to try to kind of uh, come back from that and, and uh, relearn how to play drums. And, and also I had a lot of issues from um, the kind of... Like, when they first treated me, they didn't know if they should... Uh, treat me like as an adult or a child, you know, because I was 17. So the first uh, round of chemo I got actually gave me a lot of kind of crappy side effects, like I have nerve damage in my hands and feet, so it's harder for me to, like, grip the uh, drumstick. So um, I, I I kind of just do it on pure willpower alone, you know. I was like, going to say, you know, the, the 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 drummer from uh, Def Leppard thinks he has it hard. He's missing an arm, but you've got uh, missing. Yeah, he has missing, it. He's yeah, got it, it easy compared to what, yeah. I I don't think I could ever get cheesy enough to have like a foot powered drum machine like him. But he, I mean, that's always been pretty impressive to me. Well, Rob, let me ask you a question: How many body parts do you think you don't need to play the drums? Can we get rid of First, your? I think I don't need. Yeah. Um, like you would get rid of one of your kidneys, right? And your gallbladder, your appendix. Yeah, I already He's lost playing my a silly appendix. Game. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, what do you do? You need to. How about? I mean, the drumming enough seems to be a, a great way to stay in shape. But in terms of really, especially as you get older, uh, ways of exercising with having lost the lung and yeah. and, and the nerve damage. How does that? Um, can is there are there ways that you can work around that? Yeah, I mean, like, I, uh, after coming back from that, I, I just, like, started, kind of, kind of got obsessed with trying to stay in as best shape as I could, because, I mean, I kind of knew off the bat, like, as I get older, the worse shape I'm in, the tougher it's going to be on me, because I'm already, like, have, like, 46% breathing capacity, you know, so I'm, I actually have, uh, uh, do a pretty good job of staying in shape. I mean, I lift weights and work out pretty much every day. And it is tough, and especially at first it was tough. I mean, like, after the surgery, 
Plus, I mean, as you guys know, like, just being wiped out from all the chemo on top of that surgery, like, right after the surgery was hard for me to even walk like a block. And it just, I've just uh, been pretty adamant about about trying to stay in the best shape as I could because, I mean, as you guys know, like, the you have to kind of be on top of that or, like, as you get older, the it's just going to catch up to you, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But what about even the, the uh, well, we're going to get to your song in just a sec, but I'm, I'm curious, too, uh, the, the even just the rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, you seem like a great kid <laughs> with a great head on your shoulders, and, you know, you've got the drumming, but, I mean, is there pressure to just, particularly when you're touring of, you know, drinking and hanging out and partying and things like that that are not necessarily, you know, great for the healthiest of bodies, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that, that definitely kind of wears on me more than anything, like, uh, you know, like, you're up all night in weird places with weird people, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like uh, every night, everybody wants to, like, even if the band doesn't feel like partying, everybody wants to party, and we're we're also, our band kind of, like, I guess it's got that reputation that, like, if we, like, are hanging out after the show, people think we're just going to want to, like, rage all night. And, and and a lot of times that can be really tough on me because I have, I mean, I have, like, back problems as well from the surgery. So it's, like, that and, like, being in smoky clubs and whatever. Yeah, no like, good. I get, Wait, I get does, sick does really Tennessee easily. Does still have smoking in bars? No. No, we do. Well, no, uh, no. They, do in, they do in a lot of states. No, not like, many tours. Yeah, like, uh, it, and it sucks. I, I wish every place had outlawed that by now because it really is kind of ridiculous. That's got to be yeah, brutal that, for you. That's definitely tough on me. Like, like probably the toughest as far as being in the band goes. It's not as much the performing as just like being in the environment all the time and just yeah. traveling else. all the time. I mean, it's what I love to do. You know, like I love to travel and I love to play music and I love to like meet new people and do interesting things, you know. <laughs> but it's it tough on me sometimes. Yeah, well, we have, we have a song that we're going to play. Uh, which one is it, Matthew? It's called Things They Say. Rob, tell us about the you song. You know what? Can I can I uh, give a dedication to this song, actually? Absolutely. Is it, if because it's not my, to your mom, then no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not to my mom, actually. My, my nurse from uh, Columbus Children's Hospital actually emailed me the other day and had seen that um, I was going to be on the show and was really excited. So she's listening. This song goes out to Stacey Whiteside. Great love of my life. Beautiful blonde bombshell from Ohio. <laughs> so so cool. this song goes out to you. And, uh, All right. Stacey Whiteside? And, uh, thank, thank you for having me on. All right. Well, let's let's cut to the song. This is Things They Say.
All right. You know, I could tell you I have one lung. <laughs> I can totally tell you I have one lung, dude. That's horrible yeah, well, drumming. With, with the drumming? Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, that was a complete Ramones ripoff song, which I'm sure you can appreciate up in New York. <laughs> no, that was a great song. We had some good music tonight. We've had some great music tonight. I love these guys. I love Rob. We've been talking to Rob for a while. Wait, I want to hear yeah, what's, what's your work for. Yeah, I'm really stoked to be on here. I really dig the organization, as you guys know. So, so it really means a lot for you guys to have me on. Oh, yeah, for sure. T- as Matthew said, tell us all about your Warp Tour plan so everybody can know to come out and see you. Um, the Warp Tour is all summer. We meet up. Um, we meet up with the tour in uh, San Francisco the first week of June, and we'll be on it all summer pretty much up in all of the states and Canada. And uh, we'll also be up in the New York dates if you guys want to come out. It'd be cool to hang out. Yeah, please let us know. We're coming to the New York dates for sure. It'd be awesome. But uh, it should be cool. You know, we we actually have a decent amount of stupid cancer wristbands we're going to be passing out there. So, <laughs> so come grab one. Come over to our booth and say, hey, um, We'll be hanging out all summer sweating and uh, trying not to get heat exhaustion. We're all going to try to pa- uh, pass uh, Maddie Z through the mosh pit. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's going to give a lot of people a lot of hernias. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been great talking to you. I'm so happy that we uh, were able to get you on the show. And uh, everybody check out uh, Rob and the Blacklist Royals on the uh, Warp Tour this summer. And... Uh, Go to their website. It's just blacklistroyals.com. Is that right, Rob? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Rob and, uh, Rufus, you are the man. He's the most kick-ass uh, drummer, on, one, one long drummer uh, out there. Yeah. Yeah. And we love your mom, yeah. too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Big props to mom. <laughs> Drinking a glass of wine right now. Good <laughs> stuff. Nice. That's the Tennessee way. <laughs> the rock and yeah, roll mom. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I hope to see you guys this summer. You got it, Definitely. man. Take care of yourself. Thanks Rob so much, Rufus, Rob. everybody. Blacklist Royals. Good stuff. He's a very sweet kid. All right. Now, Young man, now, I should I say. I promise you I'm going to play a new song right now. All right. You know why? we got a big guest. Because it's a big guest. Yeah. Um, I like this one. Okay. Oh, this is good. This has some nice flavor to it. Here we go. Namrata Singh. Gujral, and I hope I got that right because it sounds so good, is an Indian-American actress producer, a breast cancer survivor advocate, and she makes her directorial debut with the documentary film One a Minute. Lifetime Network honored Gujral as one of their remarkable women in October of 2010, making her the first Indian-American to join the ranks of, oh, a few other notables you might have heard of, such as Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Who? Yawn, yawn. Just Michelle and Hillary. From Bollywood blockbuster Conte to the title role of Shelley in the Warner Brothers film Americanizing Shelley, Bo Bridges was in that, I believe. Gujral has acted in major film and TV projects in both Hollywood and Bollywood. We'll talk to her about that. And she even did a duet with a country star, Steve Azar. Uh, she was the first Eastern artist to be featured on CMT Country Music Television with their Nashville slash Bollywood single. Dance in the Cloud. She's also president of Uniglobe Entertainment. Please help us welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Namrata Singh Gujral. You know, when you said country music, I was really hoping of Billy Ray Cyrus. Hello, Namrata. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> you should have played Dancing in the Cloud. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> How are you? And I hope that I, is Gujral, is that correct? 
Yes, absolutely. That was yes, Lisa. It's Namrata Singh Gujral. Yes. That's Gujral. why Lisa's talking about me. <laughs> That's a beautiful Hi, name. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's get right to. Uh, before we get to one a minute, you are a breast cancer survivor yourself. Um, tell us first a little bit about that, your age, uh, when you were diagnosed, and how far out you are from that diagnosis. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2008. I had actually uh, just come back from India uh, a month prior. I was in Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact, at a film festival. And, uh, you know, as we know, Lisa, I believe you're a survivor yourself as well of breast yes. cancer. We know with younger women in particular, 80% of breast cancers in younger women are diagnosed, either self-diagnosed or, or through a partner, by their partners, because mm -hmm. with, with mammograms and dense breasts and all that fun stuff. Right. And uh, I was actually at a film festival with Steve Baldwin, who is not in the film Billy and Danny are, but Steve right. isn't. And uh, we were all kind of just, you know, talking, and, uh, you know, uh, their mom is a breast cancer survivor. Right. Uh, Carol. And uh, we were kind of talking about it. And that night, uh, my husband and I in the hotel room having a good time, and uh, we found the lump. Wow. And, mm-hmm. Amazing. And, um, yeah, three weeks later, I was told that I heard that's the I most invasive fun breast cancer. form of early detection. The most fun What's form it? of, Matthew says, I heard that's the most fun form of early detection. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, if there's a way you have to detect. Yeah, yeah. that's the best way to find out. <laughs> I well, you know, you know, but, but well. uh, that's actually a very relevant uh, point that you brought up, Lisa, and I just want to chime in for a second and say I had actually been doing mammograms every year since I was 25. I have a very strong family history of breast cancer. We also know, as perhaps most of your listeners do, 90, 80 to 90% of breast cancers that are diagnosed are with no family history. I actually right. had a very strong family history, and I had been doing mammograms consistently for several years. In fact, my mammogram three months prior to finding this lump was absolutely clear. The day that they diagnosed me with breast cancer with an ultrasound, I did a diagnostic mammogram that day, and to date, I, I must have shown it to every oncologist, not just in the U.S., but I don't know, in the, probably wherever I travel, it doesn't matter. I just, I am baffled you still can't see the breast cancer in the mammogram wow mm -hmm. that's scary stuff to you know, to, to know that you that you can't see it so uh so the diagnosis and you went on to have uh a treatment did you have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy and chemo and radiation and all that fun stuff it is i fun. did i i did i did and yes um, all that fun stuff surgery chemotherapy i did taxotericytoxin uh for i was diagnosed at stage one but um with my family history, I decided to be fairly aggressive about it and um, treated it aggressively. Yeah. Did you are are you BRCA one or BRCA two mutation? Did you know you what? I'm piece? I am not. I'm actually yeah. negative BRCA, but that's the other thing. You know, uh, one of the ladies. Um, uh, I mean, we touch upon so many different things in one a minute. But again, we know this, Lisa, and you. I'm sure you know this already too. They have only identified, if we're lucky, maybe 20% of all the BRCA genes. And right, um, that's right. you know, so you know, I mean, now in hindsight. Um, when someone tells me you're BRCA negative, you know, the way I respond to that is, well, I mean, you know, two of my aunts passed away from breast cancer very young. I got it so young. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell me there, there was no genetic link there. Yeah. Know? So you were, were you under 40 when you were diagnosed? Yes. Or around that? Yes, you were. Yes. So exactly. Yes. So you're, you're, you're in the club. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay. So cut to then your background is as an actress, uh, both here and, and your roots obviously going to, to India. 
Then how did you kind of get the ball rolling in terms of one a minute? Well, I, um, you know, had a lot of friends, um, obviously, in the industry here and in Mumbai. And uh, I, uh, after my third chemo, I mean, I was, I was so depressed. I was just devastated. I was, you know this. I mean, yeah. all of your listeners probably know exactly what I'm saying. I thought, you know, my life stopped. It literally yeah. stopped. I am not one of those brave, courageous people that get diagnosed and go around thinking, you know what, I'm not going to let this stop me. No, I was absolutely devastated. Yeah. And my daughter was nine at the time. I mean, I just, I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was going to go crazy. And the only thing I knew was to do what I knew how to do, which was filmmaking. Right. And I called, um, and you know, and but then again, having uh, produced and distributed films in the past, I also know, you know, it, it's interesting you ask that question because I have often been asked this question as I've taken this film around the uh, uh, the, the United States and in India, and people will say to me, well, why all celebrities? Why not, you know, just an, a woman out there who was diagnosed with cancer? And you know what? The unfortunate reality of our media today is that the more celebrities you have, the better chances you have of getting it out there. That's true. And we should I tell re- people, I'm just sorry to interrupt you for a second, but we should tell sure. people who's in your film, which is Melissa Etheridge and uh, Livia Newton-John and Jacqueline Smith, right? And you mentioned right. the Bald- two of the Baldwin brothers, uh, Billy Baldwin and Daniel, are in the film. So you've got a lot of big names in there. So to your point, you uh, continue just to let Yeah, and, and, and a lot of stars from overseas that folks wouldn't know here, like Mumtaz, who is a breast cancer survivor, and she is, you know, in, in, in India and Pakistan and Sri Lanka and all of those places there. She is a, a super, super star, and, you know, folks wouldn't know her here. And then Lisa Ray mm-hmm. and Barbara Mori in Mexico and just so many different people. But anyway, so I, what I did was I, um, after my third chemo, I decided that if I didn't do this, I would pretty much drive myself crazy. And yeah. I, um, you know, just uh, started making some phone calls. And I think one of the first people I talked to was Olivia. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I mean, look, it was, it was a little bit easier because I knew a lot of these people. So it was easy to kind of pick up that phone and say, this is what I'm doing because I just got diagnosed. Right. Um, I, I just feel, in, in a sense, it sounds strange, but I feel humble that maybe I was picked to get breast cancer so I could, I don't know, I could do something about it. I Put guess. it out there in the world in this mm. way, get the good message yeah. across. Yeah. Can I make a yeah. suggestion? Sure. You really need Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, that's the sequel. <laughs> that's the sequel. You know, One minute, two. <laughs> okay. No, it's two minutes. <laughs> two minutes, there you go. <laughs> I'm I'm actually really uh interested to learn because you can you you straddle that line between Hollywood and Bollywood. What is the difference between having a breast cancer one diagnosis? One starts with H and one starts with B. Thank you, Matthew. Okay, next question. I'm serving a purpose next, here tonight. I thought you said this was my smart night. It is it's my dumb night. <laughs> I just I just plummeted downhill. Okay. So what is the difference in attitudes, perceptions and how you're treated between the two cultures both as a private citizen and as a public figure when you come out in, in the, both of those cultures as somebody who's had cancer? Well, I think that the first difference perhaps is that we are a lot more open in the United States about it. Uh, you know, you hear of so many women in the West now, celebrities that are diagnosed with breast cancer, you almost hear about it, on it especially breast cancer. You know, every month you hear about some celebrity sports, right. uh, entertainment, whatever, diagnosed. Now, the, the odd part, you know, in, in India as well, they, they do get diagnosed, but a lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah. But what's even more compelling, Lisa, is I was in Mumbai last year with this film, and we did a huge, huge premiere in Mumbai, and, 
you know, all big wigs from Bollywood, etc. I mean, it was it was terrific. It was great. A lot of support. And this one uh, reporter actually started talking to me, and she said, look, I really want you to make a story on this one woman. And she started telling me this. Well, I haven't gone back and made that film yet or that, or that story, but it was about this woman who got diagnosed with breast cancer in a small village in India. She had three children. And apparently, when her husband found out that she had breast cancer, she was not considered, she was considered dirty. So he right. threw her out of the house. She's not educated. She comes to Mumbai. My friend Priya Dutt, who runs the Nargis Dutt Foundation, she's a, she's a huge politician in India. They get chemotherapy subsidized for these women who are underprivileged, right? They come to Mumbai. They go to Tata Memorial Hospital. And Priya gets a lot of these um, uh, treatments subsidized. So this woman is in Mumbai getting treated for breast cancer but does not have enough money to even get a motel room, forget a hotel room, and sleeps on the sidewalk with her three little children every night while oh, wow. going through chemo. Now, I know that chemo is hard enough. Imagine yeah. sleeping on a sidewalk with three little kids as you're going through chemo. Unreal. So, yeah, so you know when you talk about when you when you talk about differences between um, Hollywood and Bollywood, I don't know if it's so much Hollywood and Bollywood. I think it's more, in a sense, um, the Western world versus the Eastern world. Uh, you know, but then again, you know, you're talking about disparities even in the U.S. I mean, you 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 look at women of color in breast cancer, and we know how they have a higher right. mortality and how some of them don't get diagnosed until later because they Absolutely. don't have the. You know, healthcare. So it's. I think it's Pandora's box. I mean, if you get me started, we're going to have to talk like for 24 hours. <laughs> I know. I hear you. We'll both be going a mile a minute. I know. Um, so, what was the most surprising thing to you? So, you get these. You get these big names in there, like Melissa Etheridge. Uh, what was surprising to you in shooting this film that you didn't expect, or something that somebody said, or some anecdote that came out of shooting where you had these very intimate moments with these uh, famous folks? Uh, I think that the most surprising thing to me was how similar everyone's journey is, I think especially as women, because now in the film, most of us are breast cancer survivors, but mm-hmm. Lisa is, for example, a multiple myeloma survivor, blood cancer. Right. Uh, Barbara is a cervical cancer survivor. And, but I think, by and large, the journeys are, especially most of them uh, were young when they were, they're all, you know, young survivors. Right. And, uh, or, and even in Olivia, Olivia's case, I mean, you know, Olivia's been, uh, gosh, she's now 19, 20 years out. Uh, right. But when she was diagnosed, she was 43. So she was, you know, her, Chloe right. was six when Olivia was diagnosed. So I think that the um, journey is so similar to varying degrees. And I think that, is, that was one thing that I hadn't um, foreseen when I started making the film. But in essence, now when I look back, you know, there are times that I, I'm just going to tell you very honestly, this June for me will be three years since I was diagnosed. And Congratulations. I still, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I still, you know, I mean, I am, every time I go to my oncologist every three months, I, am, I can't sleep for like 10 days prior, literally. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm a wreck. And um, But what's really great for me is to then, you know what I do? I just go to one a minute, and I go to that part where all of these wonderful women are talking about fear of reoccurrence and to how Olivia dealt with it, for example. Now, she's almost 20 years out. Yeah. But obviously, she, and you know, where Melissa's talking about it, and Diane, and Barbara, and I kind of just listen to that one chapter. Uh, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's not a chapter per se, but that section of the film. And I feel so much better. It's like... You know, it's so great to be able to have that, like, kind of like that support group in my living room. But I think uh, that was probably the most surprising thing is that uh, all of these women are so different when you meet them or you know them. And then when you listen to them talking in the movie, 
they, they, they all finish each other's sentences, and most of them don't even know each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because say, the journey is so similar. I was going to say, there's not many, not many uh, places that you see sort of Jacqueline Smith and Melissa Etheridge paired. I've never seen them together. You right. Know. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Angels I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, it's. Uh, but Lisa, you know, it could be. Um, I this could be. I could throw another eight women in there that are cancer survivors, and especially because you know part of it we talk about um, younger women and fertility and all that stuff. And right. you know, I could throw another eight, ten women in there, and they could probably finish up all these sentences too because it, it is so simpler you know right right so where can i notice actually on my i have optimum uh cable and it's one minute is on my uh pay-per-view at the moment is that pretty standard yes. and folks it, other than t- tell everybody where and how they can see the film and can i say well um <laughs> right well uh, yeah i know and i i think it's it's actually um i'm, I'm pretty sure it's been uh, ripped off and pirated at this point somewhere but um we, we are new don't do that <laughs> We, we, no, we do not. We do not encourage pirating. Right. Exactly. Well, so <laughs> but it, I will it, see I Johnny Depp. <laughs> Very funny. Sorry. Ignore. Ignore him. No well, matter. You know what? We'll save, we'll save that for Justin Bieber with the sequel. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, you know, folks can. Um, I think um, Warner Brothers put it out on cable and VOD and PPV. So it's pretty much. Uh, last I checked, I think it was on pretty much every cable outlet in the United States. In fact. Um, I think at one time I was told it was in, gosh, I think like 60 million homes or something. So it's widely yeah. available, but folks can just go to One A Minute, which is the number one. It's numeric one, oneaminute.com, and, you know, we have DVDs that they can order, Amazon. It's, uh, it's you know, just a simple Google search. It's available all over the place. So we've, we've, we've put it up in our – we have our live chat room going on, so we've put the website up a couple times in there for folks to go. To, oh, order the, to, to order the DVD. Are you going to be you. on like Letterman or Jimmy Kimmel or the Daily Show or something? You know what? You did a lot of that. Actually, my good friend, I, I heard you played um, Top Gun earlier in Kenny the Loggins. show. Kenny Loggins. One of the No, Kelly McGillis. Yes. I know. And Kelly McGillis is, is dear to me, and she narrated the picture. And um, Kelly was actually, um, since Kelly was the only one who was New York-based, you know, One Minute got a 600 theater release in October last year. It's the largest release ever for a cancer doc in the history of cinema, West or East. And um, a lot of us were in L.A., so Kelly had to kind of bear the brunt of going and doing all the press lines and all the press shows in, in New York. So she did a few of them, including um, Joy Behar, and uh, I can't remember now it was in October, but a few others. But, um, you know, the film has been out for about six or seven months, and uh, for a cancer film, we got a fair bit of media coverage, but again, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, I think uh, someone not wearing underwear is more news in a lot of ways, and, and that's okay. Yeah, speaking, that's wait, fine. If I may, if I may, speaking of not wearing underwear in cancer movies, are you aware that Seth Rogen is making a cancer movie? Yes, I actually heard about that. The comedy? Yeah, yeah. it's called Fifty Fifty, and a guy named Will Reiser, who's a young adult survivor, wrote this screenplay about his battles as a young adult cancer survivor, and he knows Rogan, and he knows Apatow, right. and they're making this film with James McAvoy. Yeah, yeah you know what? I, I did hear about that, but I have to tell you, I my initial reaction was pretty much what my initial reaction to the big C was when that was coming out. And I remember I was at, we were actually talking to the publicist at Showtime at the time, yeah. uh, which I think Showtime's putting that out, right, if I'm not mistaken. They are. Uh, if memory we, serves. 
yeah, we are to tell us um, we actually ha- we did have the creator of that show, Darlene Hunt, on our show, the creator of the Big C, and we had a whole discussion with her about it. But I'm curious because a lot of people had were like, eh, we're not so sure about that show. So what did you think? What was your knee jerk to that? You know what? I, I, I what had happened was we were putting out one a minute around the same time that the Big C was coming out. Right. And my publicist, um, not mine, but I mean one a minute publicist and uh, the Big C's publicist were having a big conversation about doing something and doing kind of like a, uh, you know, a combined thing. Now, right. the difference is, um, you know, Laura Linney is playing a woman with metastatic, um, I think, melanoma, melanoma right. in the right. film. And, um, and, you know, how she deals with things. Uh, I personally, this is just me, I have never watched the show. I can't get myself to watch it because for me, it's not a TV show, it's real life. You know, I still, every three months for me, I, I go you. right back to where I started. You know, Namrata, I'm and I'm I'm uh, I was very young diagnosed, and I'm coming up actually on 16 years now. In oh fact, my God! I, congratulations! Thank you. And in fact, Matthew, you know what I just realized today? Today, today exactly, 16 years ago was when I had my mastectomy with reconstruction. Today exactly. Today, May 16th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 1984. Wow. <laughs> it was like 1972. <laughs> I don't know. It was long. No. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, I know. Just really. But uh, I'm with you, Namrata. It actually it took me many, many, I mean, I couldn't watch, whether it was ER or any right. you know, any medical show, I said, no way. It didn't even have to do anything with cancer. I just didn't want to see a hospital room, a you doctor. Mean, did a, you ask them if you could keep your tumor in a jar? Because I did. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You I can job. see him doing that. <laughs> they did. Uh, they wouldn't let me. They said it was already in, like, um, what are they, like where they put, like, dead tissues. Like, so, Matt, you're, you're a survivor as well? I had brain cancer in college. Wow. Congratulations, yeah. you two. Now, we're all, we're, everybody here, we're all in the club. <laughs> and, you know, and that's what's so great. When I was told, I actually, unfortunately, didn't know about your show before this, and I will now religiously listen to you guys, because, you know, here's what's so great about your show is it's not um, scripted television. It's not scripted radio. These are all real people oh, yeah. who have gone through it, are going through it, et cetera, and to me, um, I don't know, it just, it's, it's just too close to home, too close to reality for me to turn it into a comedy. I just, I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm sure not, I will be one day. You're not there yet. Not yet, no. Yeah, to- to- totally understand, totally with you on yeah. that. So just tell us quickly, what's, uh, so what's next for the future of your career? You have other projects that you're looking into? Other than yes, your I Justin, am. Other than your Justin Bieber sequel? Uh, Justin Bieber sequel, <laughs> yes. So that's, that's first on the horizon is the Justin Bieber <laughs> sequel. But, no, you know, one of the things that we're doing, uh, when we uh, put out One a Minute and uh, we partnered with Komen last year because they were our charity partners, and now we've got actually I think eight or ten other charities that we're involved with at this point, which each of our stars kind of pick their own charity, and it's on our website. And, in fact, if you buy a DVD, it goes to a charity of their choice and so now it's like 10 or 12 I can't remember how many but one of the things that we're doing is you know I don't know about you guys but what's really frustrating to me is should I drink red wine or shouldn't I drink red wine? Right, right. Can I eat sugar or, or can I eat sugar? <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, you know, the, I think two days ago, if you guys Google it, it just came out. Coffee actually reduces breast cancer. Really? Like three months ago, they told me it was horrible because it I increased know. inflammation. I know. So I'm like, okay, make up your mind. What should I be doing? And I think that um, I know that there's a lot of shows out there that, you know, Dr. Oz is covering some of it and, you know, Oprah does it once in a while and this, that, and the other. But I think that all I care about is just get us what really works. 
let's eliminate what doesn't work, and then we can all kind of get on with it. You know, no one's going to be able to, you know, do it overnight, but uh, one of the shows that we're working on right now is a health-based show which deals directly with cancer and survivorship. What works, what doesn't, take the, take the uh, mystery out of it, and let's figure out if it works or not. Well, honestly, if Lisa and I can be of any service to you and you don't want care about ratings or success, um, consider us uh, involved. <laughs> no, we have, what are you talking about? We have a Fox journalist right here. Yes. We have a show that's exploded to 720,000 listens. 20, we came, yeah. 25 that we came yeah. from uh, in just over a year's time. Yeah. You know so, what, yes. you guys, and, and regardless of even the listenership and the viewership, the fact that you guys are doing this, I would love to get you guys involved because, you know, I was talking to someone, and this is, I'm, I'm, I want to say this um, uh, before I make this particular statement because I, I was, uh, well, you'll know why, but I will tell you, you know, when you look at some, some charities, for example, cancer-related charities and uh, you know, other such non-profits. Okay, we know who you're talking about. That's okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm really not talking about anyone in particular. I'm, I'm speaking in general, but I will tell you this. I wish that most cancer charities, when you look at it on a, on a level, the corporate level, I wish they were run by survivors because I think that when you are a cancer survivor, the, um, the bottom line is very different for you. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, we, we, you know? we certainly you won't you get no argument from, from us on that right. on that one. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I think that the the dynamics are different. I think the bottom line is different. And so I think if if it's going to be a cancer related show, no offense to non survivors out there, but I think that it because you know why would you put out a show on cancer to make a difference, right? Because why yeah. why else would you do this? And um, I think that people who could probably make the most difference. I'm not saying, I mean, there's a lot of great supporters out there, families of people who, are lo- who battle cancer, et cetera, et cetera, but I think survivors have so much at stake, not only with making a difference, but also themselves. And I would love to get, get you guys involved. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're out in New York City next time, I want to buy you or not red wine, perhaps, <laughs> um, uh, dipped in salt, inside a deep fried Twinkie, okay? Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, we, we're out of time, but I just wanted to thank you for being on the show. What, what, again, I'd actually like to go for good Indian food. Can yeah. we do that? Let's go to East 6th. Yeah. East 6th. Definitely. Olivia. You guys are in the Big Apple. You've got East the six. best food there. Yes, yep. we do. Yeah. Um, you rock. I want to meet you. I would love to buy you a drink or not, yep. and uh, get involved We're in what your efforts you. are doing. And anyway, and if you meet Rogan, tell him to make sure he does it right. I will do. I will do. But listen, guys, uh, I just want to say very quickly, thank you. I am so so honored to be a part of what you guys are doing, uh, especially given you both are survivors. Thank you so much. Uh, we're thrilled to have I'm you. I'm so glad I had cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you should write comedy. <laughs> oh, don't enc- don't encourage him no, anymore, no. Namrata. Don't please, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be we'll certainly be uh, looking forward to staying in touch. And thank you so much for sharing your story. And the film is One a Minute. You can go to oneaminute.com and order it there. Or like me, you can just go to pay per view uh, if you're flicking through on most cable systems. And the director is Namrata Singh Gujral. I love You're saying awesome. that. Take care of yourself. Thank Thanks, you so Matt. much. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. She was cool. That was fantastic. We like her. All right. got to wrap. We're running late. We're running late. All oh, right. boy. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the... Uh, 
internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, <laughs> you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's tonight's show, our 185th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. We'd like to thank our guests in studio, Amanda Freeman and James Manning, and our guests on the show tonight, Bowlery, Rob Rufus, and Namrata Gujral. Join us next week. We're going to be talking about the Gerber graduates. You know, those are those little kids that are kicking around, uh, cancer survivors that we know and love, Anna Brower, Susan Moser, Dana Generelli, and our very own James, James Manning. He's uh, in the Gerber graduates gang. And in our survivor spotlight, we have a special guest coming up from D.C., Rebecca Ward, a uterine cancer survivor. She's a nurse paralegal, and she's a project coordinator for the new documentary film, Dancing with Ned. Maddie, Matt? Yes, sir. Ma'am. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. If you missed any of our past shows, download them all for free on the iTunes store at itunes.i2i.com. Uh, actually, itunes.stupidcancer.com. Or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. Live oh. from the Chemodex. Oh. On behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, whose birthday. Oh, that's me. Myself and our whole team here at I2Y have a great week, my friends. Good night. Good night, everybody. And a one, and a two, 